and uh, just thrilled to have made his acquaintance there and uh, seen him from time to time, from place to place. In fact, my first time to hear him preach was at the Mississippi uh, camp meeting uh, many years ago. Determined back then that his style of preaching and teaching was something that I would really love to have at this church at some point in the future. And I'm thankful that we were able to make arrangements and he was able to open his schedule to be with us at this Mile High Conference. Sister Kuhn, give everybody a big wave as you come in. We're so glad you're here. God bless Brother and Sister Kuhn from Gina, Louisiana. Let's just give them a round of applause. Brother Kuhn, as you come, take your liberty in the Lord on this afternoon service. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. My, you could have just kept praying and worshiping, and I, I've had the preacher's itch scratched a long time ago. So uh, I wouldn't have had to preach today, but uh, I'll give it a try anyway. God bless you. Well, you're feeling better after that message. Praise God. I tell you, uh, Brother Tim Spell, now he could sing and really lift us to a high dimension. And Brother, uh, no discredit, when most people mention the word Tim Spell, they think of playing and singing in choirs and, and all of that. But I'm going to tell you, this man is a lot, there's a lot more behind him than just singing and talent. And uh, he's a wonderful, wonderful preacher. We were just in a meeting a short time ago in Indiana. And I'm telling you, Brother Spell, I have still been feasting on that message. Uh, powerful, powerful. I've told no telling how many people about it. And uh, this man is a wonderful man, has a wonderful ministry. I'm telling you. I like to hear him sing, but I tell you, Brother Spell, I'd, I'd just rather hear you preach. Praise God. You can preach better than you can sing. And you can sing good, all right? So when they're bragging on your singing and they're introducing you as a singer, you, ought, you just say to yourself, you ought to hear me preach, okay? Now, you might not ought to tell them that, but you just say, Brother Coon said you ought to hear me preach. Praise God. Well, you can be seated. The Lord bless you. Uh, I don't want to keep you standing too long. Uh, I've got to the age that um, I can get in the spirit sitting down now. And uh, most folks can't, but I can. Praise God. And uh, if you live long enough, you'll get there too. But nevertheless, what a joy it is to be here today. I've never been to the Mile High Conference. I've uh, known many of your speakers, uh, heard of it for many, many years. Uh, for whatever reason, I have never been here. Uh, no discredit, I hope, to me nor to the Hamans. Just uh, that's the way life does, and uh, no deal. But uh, here I am, and I thank God for the privilege to be here today. Good to see you all. I do uh, honor Bishop Haman and also your good pastor, Brother Haman. And let me tell you, it's a marvelous thing that uh, Brother Don Haman has grown up in this church and has lived a life, he and his wife, that has brought respect and honor to him that you want to continue the Haman leadership in this church. I think that is marvelous. Amen. Now, you can do what you want to do with this. You're a lot better off than if you import somebody from Chicago, all right, or Louisiana or anywhere else you want to import them from, all right? Praise God. So, having said that, I give honor to your bishop and pastor, wonderful people, long line of Pentecostals, wonderful history, and I thank God for them and for their life. 
uh, I pastored some of their family. I have been friends with their family. Brother Bishop Heyman's cousin is my neighbor and pastor. Pastors my home church that I grew up in. Uh, you just can't get away from the Heymans. And if you ever run across anybody singing and you don't know who it is, you say it's probably a Haman. And uh, just go on because it probably is. Amen. And uh, I do love them and respect them very, very highly. And it's good to see all of you here today. I'm glad my wife is with me. We've been chasing around together over 50 years. We've only been married 40, almost 49. Uh, would have gotten married a lot sooner if we would have had permission, but they didn't give us permission till she was 16 and I was 19, and we were pretty old and uh, before we got started. But anyway, we, um, we would have had more married years by now if everybody would have had as much sense as we had, but nobody was quite that wise. But anyway, we're here today. Praise God. So I'm glad she's with me, having a good time, enjoying myself. And you know, I decided a long time ago, wherever I'm at, I'm going to enjoy myself. I think most people, wherever they're at, they're miserable. Praise God. They're just waiting on somebody to die or somebody to move or something. But I'm just happy today. Praise God. Amen. Most every service, we have people unhappy with the sound, unhappy with uh, the air conditioner. He, he, you just, it had never been right in 30-something years I've been in Gina. Uh, I quit worrying about that. Bless your heart. I'm just happy. Praise God. I'm just happy. Amen. Praise God. And I tell everybody, if, when I die, if I die before the Lord comes, when you walk by my casket, you just look in it and say, that was one happy coon. Praise God. And I am a happy coon. Praise the Lord. So good to be here to, with all of you, Brother Ballestero, Brother Carter. Thank God for these good men and um, the others that will be here for this meeting we will have a good time together. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, quickly, by way of introduction, most of you do not know me. Uh, I do want to say that I am especially happy to see Brother and Sister Ellard. Now, for all of you folks that don't know, I have known the Ellards for a long time. They traveled a long ways for this meeting just to hear me preach. That's the only reason they're here. It's because I'm here. But I'm glad they come for me. God bless you, brother and sister Ellard. These are wonderful people, have a great reputation uh, where they have served and even beyond. So God bless the Ellards. Good to see them. Now, I am from Gina, Louisiana. I was born and raised in Gina, actually 10 miles out in the country. I graduated two blocks from where I pastor. Um, I graduated from high school on Thursday night. I started a revival on Sunday night, and I have been full-time in the ministry ever since then. Um, I stayed gone from home evangelizing and pastoring. Of course, I went home to see my family on occasions, but basically I stayed gone for 20 years. And then a little over 30 years ago, I moved back to Gina, and become the pastor of the church in town. I grew up in a church out in the country, but now I'm a city slicker. Uh, there's 2,500 people in Gina, uh, so I'm a big-time, big-town preacher, okay? So um, that, that is my story. Um, Brother W.E. Gamlin preached the founding revival for our church that I pastor in Gina 
1949. <clears throat> I was eight years old. I attended that revival. And uh, I have been connected to the church in Gina ever since. So I know all of the history of the Gina church. Every pastor that has pastored that church has been a personal friend of mine. And uh, so I am uh, surprisingly, uh, after 60 years, and really not surprisingly, I am still preaching the same thing that the church preached when it was founded. And I am still preaching what I started with over 30 years ago. Praise God. So, and I remind them of that pretty often. And uh, I want to keep reminding them. And so that is a little of my story. As I told you, Sister Coon and I have been married almost 49 years. Our son come out to Denver to meet us. I have not even seen him since I've been here. I got here yesterday. He got here Monday and got real sick. He's been in a hotel room. I haven't even got to see him. And, uh, or he would be at this conference today. So uh, we have two children, a son and a daughter. They're both involved in the ministry. My daughter and her husband now pastor the church in Gina, and I'm just there holding a good, comfortable seat down on the platform. Praise God. Enjoying myself and uh, having a good, good time. Praise God. Well, uh, you know, it's 20 minutes after 12, according to your time. We eat breakfast this morning at 9 o'clock. That's been three and a half hours ago. Uh, I have a little serious problem. Uh, I have it on Sunday, and I, it's showing up here on Wednesday. Uh, about this time of the day, I get hungry. <clears throat> and uh, I'm, I'm telling you, uh, I've never preached uh, too far into a hunger pain. And so uh, I'm, I'm not going to preach too long today <clears throat> because I'm afraid you're going to get hungry. And I'm planning on leaving, in fact, probably leaving before you leave to get something to eat, okay? So everybody quit worrying and wondering, you know, does he know how to tell time? What time do they get out on Sunday? And I'm going to tell you, we get out pretty quick on Sunday because uh, I eat at the hospital, and hospital food is good. And so uh, I'm serious. I eat at the hospital every Sunday. Not many places to eat in Gina. Hallelujah. Isn't that right, Brother Spell? Been there, you know. Hallelujah. And uh, I know that kind of blows your mind, but anyway, that's, praise God. Gina is not Denver, all right? <clears throat> Hallelujah. So uh, it is good to be in Denver. <clears throat> the Lord bless you. Uh, would you like to stand together with me today? <clears throat> now, by the help of the Lord, I'm going to try to talk to you out of my heart and uh I don't know what you would call this sermon, a Bible study, or whatever. <clears throat> uh, and I didn't have anything to do with this. Still don't have anything to do with this. And uh, probably a, a wrong uh, summation of who and what I am. Uh, most people think of me as a Bible teacher. I don't think of myself as a Bible teacher. I think of myself as just a pastor and a preacher. Um, probably if I was judging this, I would call it uh, somewhat of a Bible study. Uh, and I'm going to teach today <clears throat> on a subject that I was asked to teach on. 
not by your pastor or bishop, uh, not by my wife, uh, but by somebody else here. And uh, they asked me uh, if I would consider preaching this sermon. Apparently, they heard it before. And so I said, well, I'll think about it and pray about it. So I thought about it and I prayed about it. And so I think that that is what I should do. I feel like that's what I should do. So here we go. Praise God. And if it turns out good, <clears throat> uh, you say, well, you know the Lord was in that. If it turns out bad, you say, I'd like to know the turkey that asked him to preach that. And if it gets bad enough, I'll tell you, okay? <laughs> but otherwise, I won't tell you. Hallelujah. <clears throat> All right. If you have your Bibles, I want to read two passages. I think I'll go to the New Testament first, and then I will go to the Old Testament. I think I'll read in the book of Mark chapter 4, <clears throat> verses 16 and 17. And then I'm going to read in Isaiah chapter 37 and verse number 31. <clears throat> Mark chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. And these are they likewise which were sown on stony ground, who when they had have heard, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure for a time. Afterward, when affliction and persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Now that is the uh, revelation, that is the explanation of a portion of the seed that was sown that fell in four different places. This is the description of what happened what is the story of the ones that the seed fell on stony ground? They have no root. They endure for a while. Affliction and persecution arises because of the word, and they are offended. I have saw that happen. I've seen that happen. All right. Isaiah chapter 37 and verse 31. <clears throat> and I will explain this a little bit in a few minutes and the remnant that is escaped of the house of Judah shall take shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward the remnant that is escaped of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward and everybody said amen, amen. and you may be seated the Lord bless you now uh, I hope that you are not offended by me taking off my jacket. I'm, uh, I'm used to preaching like that without a jacket. And so I'm making myself at home. Praise God. All right. <clears throat> I want to talk to you for a little while today about the Meristem line. <clears throat> the Meristem line. M-E-R-I-S-T-E-M. Meristem line. <clears throat> now, uh, this is an interesting, uh, or to me it is an interesting uh, little thought or study. And before I uh, get into the Word of the Lord, 
<clears throat> I want to tell you a little story that is true and that happened a few years ago <clears throat> to, to better uh, describe and make you better understand exactly what I'm talking about. As you know from my conversation, I have pastored in Gina uh, over 30 years. And uh, a few years ago, uh, I was sitting in my office studying, and a knock come on the door. And so I opened the door, and standing in the door of my office was a man that I had known for many years. He's uh, somewhat older than I am. He's up in his 80s now. But he was standing at the door of my office, <clears throat> and I was immediately struck with the fact that he was in, even in our church house, and especially that he was knocking on my door. Well, I immediately called his name. His name is James Ewell, and I said, uh, uh, and, and he has a nickname of Ed. And I looked at him astonished, and I said, Ed Ewell. I said, my, my. I said, come in. And so he come into the office, and brother, the cogs of my mind are turning because I had known Ed or James Ewell for uh, pretty much all of my life. And uh, I knew that he was a very highly educated man. He has been involved in the school system in Louisiana for many years, taught in Bible colleges and uh, other venues and settings. Very, very educated man, very knowledgeable man. When I tell you he's smart, I'm talking about he is ultra, ultra, ultra intelligent. And uh, if that's even the right words to use. But... I also knew that uh, James Ewell hated Pentecost with a vehemence. I knew that. He was very opposed to the apostolic message. I knew that. And here he is standing at my door on Sunday evening before church. And I haven't seen him in a long, long time. In fact, it's been a few years since I've seen him. And uh, he comes in and he sits down. He's very nice. And I'm wondering, what are you doing here? You know, and, and I think you would too if you knew the story. So I'm wondering, what in the world is this guy doing in, at, at our church? <laughs> you know, I'm kind of like an old guy in Gina's church. Now, this actually happened. There's uh, an older brother in the church. And one night a guy come in. It was a visitor. I didn't really know him. And this guy didn't know him. He come up to me, and, and this was on a Sunday. And he said, Brother Coon. Do you know that guy back there? And I said, no, I don't know him. And I said, do you know him? And he said, no, I don't know him. And he looked at me just as serious, and he said, you reckon what in the world he's doing here? And I said, well, I don't know, but I'm glad he's here. Praise God. <laughs> so I was looking at James Ewell, and I was wondering, what in the world are you doing here? You know, I didn't tell him that, but I was thinking that. <clears throat> and so we talked for a few minutes, and he said, um, and, and finally he told me, he said, now, Brother Coon, he said, you probably wondered what I'm doing here. I said, well, I'm glad you're here. And, and, uh, and I didn't make a deal about wondering, but anyway, <laughs> I was wondering. And he said, uh, I've got an ulterior motive in being here tonight. But he said, I wanted to come and worship with you folks. And I said, well, I'm glad you're here. And he said, let me tell you what my motive is. He said, as you know, my wife is dead. And I said, yes, I realize that. 
and he said she's been dead and it'd been just a few short years and he said I was traveling uh, I think he was flying somewhere just previous to this and he said I run into a beautiful woman and uh, <clears throat> I got to talking with her and come to find out and he said I could tell from looking at her that she is Pentecostal and he said as you know I am not Pentecostal and he said I like this woman and I would like to get to know her better but uh, he said I don't know her language and I don't know much about her church and so he said I thought I'd come to your church and find out something about you folks because I'd like you know what he was going to do is find out something about us so he could get her you know and, and that's that's understandable I guess but anyway uh, I said well man I'm glad you're here and um, so <clears throat> we talked and we talked and uh, finally it got time for church and now I knew James Yule for many years I knew that he was not only an educator very highly skilled man but I knew that he was also a very highly skilled carver he, he can make any kind of a anything you want if it's carved or uh, sculpted or whatever he can he can do any of that kind of stuff and I mean he's absolutely fabulous he's won all kinds of national awards for that and I knew that <clears throat> so we talked a little while and he said I would, I would I would really like to know more about your church and but he said I just come tonight to observe and I said good uh, I said I'll tell you what you just go out in the service and you greet everybody you know a lot of folks here and enjoy yourself and and uh, I said I'll visit with you a little later and, and I said by the way uh, why don't why don't we get together this week and uh, let's talk about uh, the apostolic message and uh, just visit a little bit I'd, I'd like to meet with you one day and he said oh I'd, I'd like to do that and I said and, and I was trying to get him to come I said would you come and bring some of your carvings with you would you bring and and he's a he's a highly skilled duck call carver I said would you bring some of your duck calls and some of your other carving and and let's talk and 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 let me see it and he said oh yeah I'll be glad to do that he likes that and uh, so we went into the Sunday night service and we had regular service and I preached and I'll never forget there was a um, there was a lady that come up to me uh, after church that had known James Ewell all of his life. And she, she was like the old brother I talked to you about. She come up to me and she said, Brother Coon, good lady. She said, you reckon what in the world James Ewell is doing in a Pentecostal church? Well, I knew what he had told me. And uh, I said, well, I said, for whatever reason he's here, I'm glad he's here. I said I'd like to see him get the Holy Ghost she said brother Coon said do you think he can be saved I said why well, sure I do now that shows you the level of vehemence that James Ewell had against the Pentecostal movement she knew him also she knew he hated Pentecost and I knew he didn't like Pentecost so we had the service and I told her sure he could get the Holy Ghost <clears throat> and we met on Tuesday. This was Sunday. I met him on Tuesday. He comes in. <clears throat> he's got two or three Walmart bags with him, and I'm serious. And he's got some of his carvings in it. And uh, 
we talked about his carvings and I'll, I'll tell you about that in just a minute and we talked about his carvings for a long time and that was uh, the dominating factor of the conversation for a long time and then uh, <clears throat> we got to talking about the church I said um, uh, Ed I, I just decided it's time to just hit him with it because I knew he was such a scholar I said Ed um, I want to ask you something I said now you are a Bible student what is your opinion of water baptism in Jesus name and Acts 238 and I'm sitting in this office just me and him and I'll never forget brother Haman big tears started running down his face he's an older man and he looks at me and he said brother Coon he said I would be so honored if somebody would baptize me in the name of Jesus Christ he said he is my Lord and my God I said and I didn't waste a minute I said would you let me baptize you in Jesus name he was just weeping he said I would be honored if you would baptize me in Jesus name and I baptized him the next day in Jesus name and that Sunday night he got the Holy Ghost praise God hallelujah I want to tell you our God is a big big God hallelujah hallelujah amen now you say well we've heard those stories before and you have uh, what's the deal about the Bible study well James Ewell is with me in my office and this was before I baptized him before we got the Holy Ghost uh, <clears throat> and we're looking at uh, I think that day about all he had with him was duck calls well he had some turkey calls and he has won the national championship uh, duck call carving contest many times many times he is very very noted it is not uncommon for somebody to call him from whatever state in the Union and say I want a $5,000 duck call I want a $10,000 duck call say well I'll put you on a list I might get to you someday he won't ever live to fill the orders he's got so he's showing me his duck calls <clears throat> and and they're beautiful and they're pretty and uh, I've got one of them here with me today and uh, you can look at it after church if you will <clears throat> if you will handle it real carefully uh, and and this is a this is a duck call and I'm holding it with an owl setting up and if you'd look at all of this carving brother Haman see here's a here's an owl and he's holding a duck in his claws and now he does that with a pocket knife he, he just sits in a chair and does it see the ducks on the back there if you could make that out that's ducks flying it's got his rockin y uh brand that he used to brand his cattle with that's his insignia you see the brown and the and the lighter color and i really like this duck call and i asked him i said well uh, mr ed what is that duck call worth he said i don't know what it's worth he said uh, it's just a duck call he said um, I turned down a thousand dollars for it the other day he said I think it's worth more than that and uh, he said but it's just a duck call and I said well that's an odd duck call I said now I've seen a lot of duck calls 
but I, was, I said, I've never seen one with that streak in it and that stripe in it just like that. I said, what kind of wood is that? He said, that's persimmon wood. I said, well, man, I've seen persimmon wood everywhere, but I've never seen persimmon wood that looked like that. And uh, you don't even know what a persimmon tree is, do you? Hallelujah. I didn't even know they grew in Michigan. You don't live in Michigan. Well, you live there along, I mean, in Indiana. I didn't know they grew in Indiana. But anyway, he said, this, this come out of a persimmon tree. And I said, well, I've seen persimmon all my life, but I've never seen persimmon like that. He said, well, Brother Coon, that come out of the meristem line of a persimmon tree. And that's where I got this sermon. I said, well, now, and he's, he's a highly educated guy. And I said, well, now, Brother Ewell, you're going to have to help me just a little bit. I said, what is the meristem line of a tree, of a persimmon tree? He said, well, Brother Coon, he said, you know, and I knew, but I didn't have enough sense to knew that I know, or know that I know, knew, or whatever I'm supposed to say. I'm balled up about what I do know, <laughs> okay? Uh, he said, you know, a tree grows two ways at once. And I said, yeah, I know that. Anybody knows that. You know, everybody ought to know that. Well, he said, you know, that's brought about by the meristem line. I said, no, I didn't know that. I said, now, I knew it happened, but I didn't know what it was called, and I don't know where it's at. And I said, you, and, and I'm, you know, I'm showing my ignorance here. I'm smarter about it now than I was then, but not a whole lot smarter. I said, you're going to have to help me with this meristem line. I said, where's it at? You know, I didn't know if it was at the first fork of the tree or what. He said, the meristem line on any living plant is right at, at the base of the tree or the plant where it goes into the ground. And so I went out after that and, and, and exactly, and he told me what to look for and he told me all the deal. And I went and cut down several trees and several sprouts that were small enough that I could cut, got them out of the ground and looked at them. And most all of you have seen this, may not have knew what you were seeing, but when you cut a little sprout or tree down and you pull it out of the ground, right, perhaps most of the time, just under the ground level, there's a little wrinkle or knot on that, on that plant. That's the meristem line. And what happens, and, and, and I, I don't have the botanical uh, knowledge and explanation to tell you all about this but what happens is when any plant starts growing be it small it doesn't matter if it's something in the garden doesn't matter if it's a flower if it grows out of the ground it has a meristem line and uh, and as it starts to grow <clears throat> even in its very infancy the meristem line is there and as it starts receiving nutrients uh, they, they divide and, and, and part of the nutrients causes it to start upward. And part of the nutrients causes it to start downward. And that is all created and generated by the meristem line. That one particular little spot that is in that plant <clears throat> that, that takes what is given to it and differentiates it 
and makes it go up or it makes it go down now that's what the meristem line is and that is what I'm talking about now uh, that is <clears throat> that is the uh, and, and I don't know all the technical terms but that is the undifferentiated uh, growth and cells and cambium that 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 is uh, existent in that plant and as it starts to grow uh, oftentimes it can it can get out of kelter and, and that's a word I use that's a real technical term there kelter is um, it, it, it gets out of it gets out of kelter it does not function as it ought to function and uh, there are different trees with different characteristics and different elements and some of the trees uh, they grow tall they don't have much of a root system but they've got huge trunks and, and big limbs and a lot of leaves and a lot of top and all of that and of course as you well know they can topple very easily in, in a storm and all of that um, that that that's pretty much like the, the cells that are in our body and that's that's a big hassle nowadays is about stem cells that that uh, the doctors want to put inside of our bodies and our bodies make stem cells and of course they make the most stem cells when we are infants or even prior to our birth and uh, these cells are not differentiated and and they go to different parts of our body and these cells that are undifferentiated they turn into a uh, a skin cell or uh, an eye uh, cell or a kidney cell or uh, all the thousands of little parts that are in our body they are controlled by cells and so <clears throat> now the medical profession wants to uh, inject stem cells into our body that is uh, that's um, and, and I'm not on, on the issue of all of that stuff, the argument that's out there, but that is a, is, a, is a possible remedy for many, many maladies in life that they can put some new stem cells in, but the hope is and the dream is that these cells will turn into good cells. Now, <clears throat> the other side of that coin is, and it's happened and it is happening and, and they're experimenting with it and all of that, that if somebody with cancer for for instance they can put stem cells in their body and uh, those cells that are not differentiated they're not skin cells they are not eye cells they're not kidney cells they are not uh, any other kind of cell they join in with the cancer cells and they can multiply and they can become cancer cells and that is a danger of course if the cells become good cells then it can help your heart it can help uh, the limbs in your body can help the bones in your body and all of that and again I'm not a medical expert and I'm not in all, all of the political argument and the medical argument and all of that I'm just trying to explain that that in a plant that in a person there are many things that are undifferentiated but it is how the body handles them it is how the plant handles them as to whether it turns out to be good or it turns out to be bad you know Paul said to the church one time he said we're a saver of life unto some and we're a saver of death unto some 
I can't explain all of the ramifications of that. I can just simply tell you that in many years of pastoring, I have seen people grow under sermons, and I have seen people die under the same sermon. Amen. I have seen people become better under certain circumstances, and I've seen other people become worse. Amen. And, and let me tell you something. You're going to do something with this conference. Amen. You're going to do something with the sermon you heard a few minutes ago. You're going to walk out of here and say, I'm going to get a hold of that. I believe that. I love that. Or you're going to take the wrong attitude about it and say, I'm not letting that guy tell me what to do. I'll listen to him saying, I'm not listening to that preacher business about that. Hey, brother, it's not necessarily the message. It's your attitude about the message. It's how you feel about it. How are you going to accept it? Do you believe it or do you not believe it? Will you accept it? It or not accept it praise God <clears throat> oh God give me a good spirit about the things of God hallelujah hallelujah I'm gonna tell you now I've been around a long time been to a lot of meetings a lot of camp meetings a lot of conferences I've been to a lot of goat ropings and I've been to a lot of stuff <clears throat> and I have I have come home I've been to camp meeting and shouting sing talking tongues other conferences and and I've I run into people and I say hey brother uh, you get to go to a conference? Yeah, I got to go to conference. What'd you think about it? <clears throat> oh, I'll tell you what. I, I didn't get much out of it myself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, so help me God. I've seen people, I've seen preachers preach, and I've seen people stomp out of the building mad over the sermon. And I've seen people under the same sermon come to the altar and get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Let me tell you, all of us are here today, Brother Spell, under the same privilege and under the same opportunity. This can become a savor of life to me, or it can become a savor of death. Hallelujah. Brother, hear me today when I talk to you. And I may be chasing a rabbit, but I don't think I am. But there's a lot of things going to happen to you in life. But what are you going to do with it? Where are you going to send it to? Is it going to make you better, or is it going to make you worse? Praise God. You hear me today when I tell you that, that you're going to have 10,000 chances to get bitter in your life. Amen. I remember one time there was a guy giving me a little static about something. When in the church, it was, it was over a property line, and he was giving me a little static. And, uh, and of course, the surveyors settled that, which should have happened. And uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't too terribly upset about that. And, and a guy come along to me, and he knew about it. And, and so he said, Brother Coon, I'll tell you what you ought to do to that guy. And I said, hold it. Hold it. He said, he said I, I'll tell you what to do. I said, hold it, hold it. He said, what is it? He said, I said, hey, buddy. I said, the devil has done furnished me more things to do to him than I can do to him. And I don't need no more ideas on this. Hallelujah. Now, I know I'm pretty carnal. I'm about the most unspiritual one here. Hallelujah. But he does furnish me some ideas that are not good ideas, Brother Haman. And bless your heart, he furnishes you some every once in a while. Am I right or am I wrong? Amen. But, Brother, the deal is this. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to What you going to make out of it? You going to make a cancer sale out of it? Are you going to make a good heart sale out of it? You going to let it make you bitter? Or are you going to let it make you stronger? 
Praise God. You hear me. You hear me. You hear me. Something is going to happen on this church property that can make you bitter. But, brother, if you'll use your head for just a few minutes, you'll rise up above that bitter spirit and say, devil, you're a liar. I'm not going to get bitter over the church. I'm not going to get bitter over what happens to here. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to turn it into a blessing. I'm going to let it make me stronger. I'm going to be saved in spite of what happens in my life. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. My, my, my. Bless your heart. You be seated. I see people. Brother, there's a lot of things you get bent out of shape about. Amen. I had an old sister in Jean. I preached her funeral a few years ago. She come up to me. I was back in the back shaking hands. She come up to me one Sunday morning after Sunday school, and she got right up in my face. <clears throat> and she said, I'm going to tell you something, Brother Coon. If you don't turn that air conditioner down in this church, I'm going to freeze to death. Oh, she was mad. And, buddy, she was fired up. So I just reached up and grabbed her finger and jerked it over, and I got right up close to her face. And I said, you know something, sister? She said, what? Boy, she, she was mad. I said, if you freeze to death in this church, you know what I'll do? I'll preach your funeral for your charge. She said, oh, shut up, Brother Coon. <laughs> and she went home. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to tell you what. You can lose the victory over the air conditioner in here. Yeah, sound system. We got people in our church that's got cotton in their ears, and we got others that's doing this out in the aisle. Am I right or am I wrong? Now, I, I haven't been many places. I'm not, a, I, I've just been here a little while. I'm trying to figure it out. I hadn't been in many, many places. They did have it right. Praise God. Amen. And you, you've heard me preach time too, Brother Spell. Uh, but you folks had, and, and, and you know, because you've been there. We got people in Gene on any given service. It can be 105 outside. And, you know, we, we don't turn the air conditioner too much because it costs too much money to cool a place down too cold. We ain't trying to freeze nobody. But on any given service, I just promise you, I just promise you. And, and I put a stop to it when we moved in the new church, but in the old church. And now we gather them up and take them to the junk place now. And, and we have to get rid of all that stuff. They had the church piled full of comforters and Afghans and, and all kinds of stuff to cover up with. I'm telling you the truth. On any given service, we got people to fan it, and they go, <sighs> I hope I'm not preaching to anybody here. Surely God is not. <clears throat> I'm just telling you. <clears throat> boy, the weather is nice here. I got to ask, that's the first thing I said, boy, the weather's nice here. Hallelujah. Amen. And I hadn't noticed this thin air yet. I just, you know, I'm kind of thin-headed anyway. So, and, and just, but, but, and just, that, that's just the deal. That people are, are hot and they're cold in the same service. Amen. Nobody likes to be hot by themselves. Nobody likes to be cold by themselves. I don't know why. But I'm just telling you, if somebody's fanning and they're hot, they go, they don't, they don't just fan to get cooled off a little bit. They got to blow. Just like you've been in a chase. 
And they don't just fan. They, they lean over to the brother next to him and say, and they go, and they said, you hot, brother? Is it hot in here to you? Well, if he says, no, it's, it's fine. Well, no, that ain't no good enough. You don't have any sense anyway. So they turn around to the next pew and say, sister, are you hot in here? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just the deal. Now, I'm saying all of this for a reason. Same thing, people getting cold. They don't just get that old blanket they brought to church and leave it there. That's their church blanket. Amen. And they, put it, they don't just put it around them. They just, they, when they get cold, they just sit there and they, they shiver and they look at somebody and say, I'm freezing. You and they're doing all of this stuff. Well, they decide to cover up, so they get their stuff. They don't just slip it around their shoulder. They get up and they... And they wrap it around herself. And then they shiver a little bit and they sit down real tight. Amen. I'm just, I'm just telling you. Now, nothing like that happens in Colorado. Thank God it don't happen in Colorado. But I'm telling you in Gina, Louisiana, it happens. But now, I said all of that to say this. And listen to me carefully. You can lose the Holy Ghost victory in your heart over an air conditioner. You can lose it over a sound system. You can lose it over the preacher's kids in spite of what you think. Hallelujah. You can lose the victory because your kids don't get invited to a birthday party. Or 10,000. Are you listening to me? 10,000 other little things that I probably won't even mention today. Somebody can get your seat. Somebody can get your songbook. Somebody can park in your parking place. And bless your heart, if you get a new car, somebody is sure to scratch your door on the parking lot. These idiots that have the Holy Ghost don't know not to open their car door against your door. Amen. And so you decide to join the United Methodist Church where people know how to park. Praise God. I'm going to tell you, you say, well, Brother Coon, that's absolutely ridiculous. I'm telling you, I've seen people leave church over the craziest things you could ever imagine. Brother, you listen to this old gray-headed preacher today. I've been around for going on 55 years in the church. I've seen all kinds of ignorance. I've seen all kinds of mean stuff go on. But I made up my mind a long time ago. Bless God, you can paint the walls purple. You can turn the air conditioner down till I have a chill. But bless your heart, I plan to be back next Sunday night. I plan to be here for Bible study. Praise God. I'm not losing the victory over this thing. I'm going to be saved. I'm going to make something good out of it. Hallelujah. It's just according to how you feel about the thing. Amen. Amen. What's your attitude going to be about Mile High Conference? <coughs> Praise God. Now, you can leave and say, well, if they'd have had them guys they had here last year, it sure would have been better. Hallelujah. Now, I enjoyed the banquet last night. Appreciate the good hotel room. That's a little snazzier than I'm used to. It is a little nicer in the hospital that banquet was. <coughs> Amen. <laughs> and it a little bit better now. But anyway. I've been to a lot of banquets. I'm telling you, bless your heart, I can go in the rapture without one more serving of English peas or corn and a slice of ham. Praise God. I believe I can make it without any more. Can't you, Brother Heyman? Now, last night was special. It was good. And we've had a lot of banquets in Gina. We've had them in a lot of different places. 
We've had them under a lot of different conditions. I've spoke at a lot of banquets. Now, I didn't, I didn't talk to a lot of people last night, and I don't want to talk to nobody. And I don't give a rip whether you liked it or don't. I don't mean to be a smart aleck, but I just really don't. <clears throat> I'm not even concerned about it. Thank God. That's what I like about not pastoring. That's what I like about preaching here. I don't care how cold it is. I don't care how hot it is. I don't care if every commode in here runs over. I just ain't worried about it, okay? I worried about that for 50 years, pastoring churches. Hallelujah. And, uh, and, and it's, just, it's just, you know, thank God that, that, that I don't have to do all that. And what was I talking about anyway? I'm, what? I was talking about banquets. I got off on something else. I got off on commodes overflowing. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, I've been talking to people about serious stuff, Brother Heyman. I know you hadn't. You're just a beginner. But anyway, <laughs> I've been talking to people about serious stuff. And I've had grown men get over to the side and make motions to stop me. Oh, they're, they're all over here where I can kind of see them, but they're, they're making motions. They want to talk to me. And they keep on waving enough until I'll stop talking to somebody about a divorce or their kids in jail, or whatever's going on. And I say, would you hold on just a minute, brother? Somebody's got something over here that's a problem. And I'll go over and talk to the brother. Now, it's a big secret. Now, it's a big deal. It's, it's in the church house. And he gets right up close to me, and he said, Brother Coon, <clears throat> and he looks around real good, and he said, Brother Coon, did you know the commode running in the men's restroom? Well, no, I don't know it's running. Praise God. Now, that's a highly spiritual. You said we needed a preacher in our life, brother. <laughs> Not for that. You, you don't mean for that business. Okay, thank you. Just go get it. Why don't you just, instead of coming up here telling the pastor, why don't you go back there and do what I would do? Why don't you just go shake it real good on that little handle? And if it don't work, just kick it the thing. That's what I do to it. You know, what's the big deal about all that mess? Amen. Now, I, I hadn't forgotten my subject. I was talking about banquets. I've been to a lot of banquets, <clears throat> and we've had a lot of banquets. In nine out of ten banquets, people come walking in, and they start doing this. thing is said I wonder who picked this place out <laughs> and they walk on down the aisle and say man I wonder who decorated this place man and they sit there and gripe the whole banquet and they say baby boy I don't like this place do you Man, it's, 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 it's some kind of odor in here or something. I just don't, I don't know. I just, this is, this is not going good. And the speaker, he ain't no better. And on and on and on and on and on. And then before they leave, they, they got to go around everybody and say, man, you know, this is a bummer here tonight. But do you remember, do you remember where we was at last year and, and what they had at, well, I'm telling you, it was something. It was good. 
Well, what they forgot was last year they were saying the same thing at that place that they're saying about this place this year. Same stuff. And bless God, if they live five more years, they're going to be griping in five years. I'm telling you, when are you going to decide, I'm going to be happy in the church? I'm going to be happy with the pastor. Praise God. I'm going to be happy in living for God. Oh, brother, and, and you know, I'm, I'm off chasing a bunch of Louisiana rabbits here. And I'm not, I'm not even on the mare's stem line. And I'm watching that clock, and so help me, God, I'm getting hungry. I don't care where we eat. Okay? And I'm not going to gripe about it because I'm going to be so hungry. But I am going to quit here in a few minutes, <clears throat> and I'm going to try to get back on, on my subject here. But what I'm saying to you all ties into what I'm talking about. I didn't, I didn't even get up here to talk about all that I've talked about in the last 15 minutes. But you know what? It's, it's, it's the truth anyway. It's the truth. It's, it, I was preaching one time in Gina. And I was all charged up about something. I don't remember what it was. But I was just firing away. I was just preaching. I wasn't mean, and I wasn't mad. But I was just preaching away. And I stopped all of a sudden. And I said, you know, folks, I don't know if I'm aggravated or anointed. <laughs> I said, but it don't make no difference. I'm preaching the truth anyway. <laughs> so if I'm aggravated right now, I'm preaching the truth anyway. Hallelujah. I'm just telling you, folks, the deal is <clears throat> we are... And, and, and this is kind of a crude illustration, but it's not a crude illustration. The Lord said of Judah that they're going to take root downward and they're going to bear fruit upward. They're going to go down and they're going to go up. Now, what Isaiah was saying was the Assyrians is going to decimate this place. And, and, and there's going to be tragedy in Israel and in, in, in the kingdom of Judah. But there's going to be a remnant that's going to be left. But that little remnant, I'm going to tell you, they're not going to be destroyed. They're going to take root downward, and they're going to bear fruit upward. I wish today in this conference and in th throughout this conference that the Holy Ghost would touch you in that meristem line of your heart. And whatever you need that God would provide it to you today. If you need some roots to go down, I hope something causes you to dig a little bit deeper in this conference. Praise God. If you feel like I'm not bearing any fruit, I say, oh God, whatever touches them, let it begin to bear fruit upward. Let something begin to develop in the church of the living God. Hallelujah. Hey, brother, I want God to touch me today. I want the Holy Ghost to touch me today. I don't want to just be in this church today and gone tomorrow. I want God to establish me and set me and found me and ground me in the church of the living God hallelujah <clears throat> hallelujah 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 now I've, I've I've preached about a lot of stuff here today let me just get down to the heart of this matter I'm gonna tell you something listen to me Saints listen to me everybody and I'm not trying I, I don't want to be a smart aleck. I don't like smart aleck preachers I, I can't stand smart aleck preachers and I've seen two or three <clears throat> and uh, but I, I don't like it I don't want to be a smart aleck I don't want to be caustic or hateful I love people I'm a pastor pastor's a shepherd pastor tries to care for people now he has to rebuke and all that stuff I understand all that side of it amen but I'm going to tell you what I think sometimes we need more sometimes we need more feeding and leading and guiding than we do rebuking sometimes and I've done my share of rebuking amen
and and <coughs> brother spell i don't know if you heard me tell this or not my wife well, it got broke a good while ago for years and years and years we had a big old spoon it's a glass spoon lay on the stove and when my wife would stir in the pot she'd take the stirring spoon out and lay it in this big spoon that was made out of glass to catch all the stuff that would drip off of it and in that spoon it had big letters written i've read it hundreds of times i'd go by the stove and that old spoon was there and it got chipped and it was dirty and, and it stained up and all that but it had a big deal right in the center of it. it said kissing don't last but cooking do amen hallelujah oh brother i married a good cook you can tell that by looking at me i'm gonna tell you i and and you know old folks will understand this young folks think it's stupid uh but i still like to kiss sister Kim. I really do. I still like kiss her. Hallelujah. Now, I don't like for you to kiss her, but I like to kiss her. Okay, brother? <coughs> Hallelujah. <coughs> now, I'm supposed to see you and your wife next week. Now, I can kiss her for you if you need me to. <coughs> Hallelujah. No, I'm just it. Now, you folks know we're cutting up. Hallelujah. We was both out of the spirit right then. <laughs> but we're fixing to move back in the spirit, I hope. Okay? <coughs> Praise God. And, uh, you know, uh, old folks look good to old folks. Well, all you old codgers and say amen. <laughs> young folks look good to young folks. Old folks think you kind of whatever. And you think we're kind of whatever. But you don't know what we know. Okay? Now, having said that, I still like to kiss Sister Coon. She's 60. We'll be 65 in a few days, and that makes her mad to me for me to mention. She's 64. I'm 68. I still like to kiss Sister Coon. But let me tell you something. I didn't get this gut, I didn't get this big on kissing. Okay? Kissing's fun. It's nice. It's, it helps a lot of things. But it don't last. And it don't make you fat. And it don't give you the energy to work on. Am I right or am I wrong? Y'all y'all not scared of the deal here, are you? Y'all, y'all, you know? It just saps your energy. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> You're right, Brother Amen. It just, it just saps your energy. Okay? Now, I said that to just tell you. <coughs> we need for god to feed us and to guide us and to direct us put something inside of us but let me tell you what and this is and and this is taking a little bit of an imbalanced view but what we like and what this world likes is what you see above the ground and what you see in the leaves and the fruit None of us are really in love with root systems. Am I right or am I wrong? But now, Brother Spell, give us a principle here about what happens here will determine what the outcome is tomorrow. Now, what happens underneath is going to determine what's going to happen above. Do you understand? We need for God to touch us. I want us to shout. I want us to run. I want us to jump. 
I want us to have victory marches. I believe in that. I do all of that stuff. I am for the gifts of the Spirit. I am for anything that is biblical and that lifts up God and His praise and worship. I am an excitable guy. I'm not a dead, dull, dumb-headed preacher. I believe in excitement. Amen. But I'm going to tell you what. I believe in something more than excitement. We need a root system. We need something to hold us fast in the time of the storm. And you listen to me, brother and sister, the storms are going to come. The trials are going to come. The tests are going to come. You're going to get offended toward the Word of God by and by. You've got to have some roots down in the ground. If you're on stony ground, you're not going to make it. But I don't want to be on stony ground. I want to be on good ground. I want the roots to go deep. I want my foundation to be solid on a solid rock. Hallelujah. Oh, God, help us. I don't want to be blown away with some silly idea. Amen, amen. <coughs> Praise God. Brother Amen, you and I have been around a long time, and that doesn't give us any credentials perhaps to, 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 to make any statements necessarily, but maybe it does on the other hand. I want to tell you something. And, and this is no rejoicing about this. This is nothing to crow about. This is nothing to be happy about. I'm here today going on 55 years in the work of God, over 50 years preaching in, in those years by the simple grace and the goodness of God, or I would be a statistic and I'd be history out there somewhere. But brother, you just look at these gray hair that's in mine and his head, and, and you look at brother, you look at brother Ballesteros' lack of hair, and you look at brother Tim Spell's gray hair, brother Spell, brother Ballesteros, brother Carter, all of us guys that have lived a few days, brother, we could stand here and tell you story after story that would make your heart break. I cry over him right today. I weep over things that have happened years ago. I grieve over things that are happening today simply because men have been blown away with some kind of silly doctrine, some kind of silly circumstance, some kind of offense that was in their life, some kind of a habit that they could not break, some kind of a chain that they could not get free from. I've come to tell you, sir, I want God to touch this conference. I want to have some roots that goes deep in the ground, that makes us solid in the church of the living God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Oh, God help us. There's a storm coming. Let me tell you something. Listen to me very carefully. And I believe in evangelism. I believe in worship. I believe in all. I mean, I, I'd, I'd have been just as happy today if we'd all just kept praying. And I would not have preached. But listen to me. And I'm not just for dead, dead services. <clears throat> I'm not for that. I'm not promoting that agenda. Amen. But I will, will, I will tell you this. If you deem it so. If you judge it so, that's all right. I'm going to say it anyway. We need some old-fashioned dead Bible studies. Hallelujah. We, and, and you pardon me. I'm not here blasting anybody. I'm just preaching. I'm here to tell you, we got a lot of singers, and we got a lot of shouters, and we got a lot of hand clappers, but we don't have much stability in this generation. We're having a hard time getting people to get up and go to work on Monday. You say, what's that got to do with the church? It's got a lot to do with it. If you're too stinking lazy to go to work, you're too stinking lazy to live for God. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. 
Hallelujah. And the Holy Ghost don't make you smart. If you're lazy and you get the Holy Ghost, you're just a Holy Ghost lazy Joe. That's, I'm just sorry, but that's the way it is. If you're uneducated, you're just uneducated Holy Ghost fail. If you're poor, you're just poor Holy Ghost fail. Holy Ghost don't make you rich, smart, or intelligent. But brother, it will give you power if you will serve God and walk with God. And listen, listen to everybody in this building. It's good to have the outward peripheral excitement and all of that and, 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 and all of the stuff that we're so excited about. I love all of that. But what, what about the root system? What about digging deep? Hallelujah. What about getting a foundation in the Word of God? What about becoming solid in the church of the living God that you're unmovable, unshakable and you always bear fruit in your season hallelujah hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah praise God <clears throat> I've got to quit, you know I'm getting so hungry I'm going to quit amen you know, several years ago I planted me a peach orchard in Gina put about 25 or 30 trees in it <clears throat> And I learned a little stuff about peach trees. The main thing I learned was that I don't know how to grow them. I ain't got a peach. I don't have a peach tree to my life. I did decide it's cheaper to buy them than it is grow them. But I, I planted me a peach orchard. I got a guy with a back hole, and he come dug big holes. They said, make a $100 hole to put a $10 tree in. I made $100 holes. I put $10 trees in. You say that's stupid. No, it's not stupid. I don't guess. You know, I told somebody the other day, I said, you know, I've seen a, a lot of $50 hairdos on $10 heads. And, uh, and I have. So <clears throat> I had a $10 peach tree and a $50 hole or a $100 hole. And, uh, <clears throat> and so I, I put those trees out and fertilized them, had them growing. And they got up, boy, the first year, I'm telling you, some of them was taller than I am. They had limbs. I just could see myself picking peaches the next year. And so I, I, the county agent is a good friend of mine. I called him. I said, Clay, would you come over and prune my peach trees? I don't know how to prune a peach tree. And he said, I'll come over and show you, Crawford. First name, Crawford. And uh, so he come over, and he said, I'm going to prune these trees. He's real quiet. Don't say much. He went down through there, and so help me God. When he got through with my pretty peach orchard, I didn't have nothing but a bunch of sticks out there. I'm serious. I, I'm, I'm telling you. I just really felt pretty sick about all my work. He just, he just come in and cut it down. I said, Clay, what's the deal? He said, Crawford, you got to get a good root system before you can get good peaches. And he said, I'm going to tell you something else. Louisiana is not a good peach growing state because you've got to have 1,000 hours of cold, dormant weather for a peach tree to bear. Now, are you still interested in bearing fruit? I'm going to tell you, there's going to be a lot of cold, dark days in your life. There's going to be a lot of days that the song is going to be gone and the shout is going to be gone. But if you'll stay in here, you know what's happening? Roots are going deeper and deeper and deeper. I'm telling you, if you'll get a good root system, the fruit business will take care 
of itself. Hallelujah. Now, Brother Spell, if you'd come to the keyboard, Brother Carter wants to play. We got these beginning musicians. We want to give them a chance to learn how to play. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I got to I got to quit. And I'm serious. I got to quit. I got a bunch of other stuff here I want to talk about, but I don't really have time to talk about it. I was preaching for a guy several years ago, and uh, he had a bunch of plants in his house. I mean, he had a bunch of them. And uh, one of our preachers, I was preaching in his church, down in the New Orleans area, he was pastor in Metairie. You know where it's at, brother? Spell. <clears throat> I was preaching for him, and he had plants in his house. His little, they're about this tall, but they look like oak trees. And some of them look like cypress trees. And some of them look like different kind of trees. And so I asked the pastor, I said, uh, what, are, what are these um, tree seedlings for? Are these trees you're going to put out uh, next fall? And he just fell over laughing. And he said, Brother Coon, them are not seedlings. He said, uh, them trees you're looking at are bonsai trees. Well, I'd never heard of a bonsai tree till that time. And uh, I said, a bonsai tree. What kind of tree is a bonsai tree? He said, it can be any kind of tree. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, it can. He said, that's an oak, that's a cypress, this is this, this is this. Named off all kinds of trees. He said, all of them are bonsai trees. I said, well, what's a bonsai tree? Well, I'm sure all of you know. But he said, uh, he said, Brother Coon, you can take any tree practically in existence and you can make a bonsai tree out of it. And he said, what you do, and you, it's a little art to it, said you got to know the art. He said, when a tree is small, he said, you take it out of the pot and you trim the feeder roots off of it. And you put it back in the pot and let it grow. He said, you see that tree right there? And, and if I remember correctly, it's just, just a little bitty tree. It's an oak tree. I said, yeah. He said, that tree is about 15 years old. And he said, I can keep that tree that size. He said, there are bonsai trees in Japan that are not knee high, that are 150 years old. Simply because that every so often they grow feet of roots but what you do is you take it out and you you trim the roots put it back and it just sits there it's just stagnant never has any acorns on it never bears any fruit never gets any bigger it don't die but it's just a little tiny dwarfed infant looking plant there are places that specialize in bonsai plants. I don't want the apostolic movement to be a place that we specialize in bonsai saints. Amen. Let's spell you can play a little bit for us. Give us a little hope or something here. And, and I could talk to you about a lot, a lot of things. I could talk about our church, our marriages, our homes, our families, our devotion to God. There's, there's, there's tons of subjects that really, really need addressing. And I don't have to, I mean, I've been all over the map here today. 
but God help me. I don't want to spend all of my life never growing, never developing, never happy in the church, never try to develop my ministry, never try to do any more. Because all the time, all the time along the journey of life, if you don't watch it, the devil's a master at this. He's a master at this. And he's got a lot of ways of doing it. And he's got a lot of scissors. And he's got a lot of shears. If you don't watch it in your life, the devil will come along and he'll trim the feeder roots off. And so you never know the fullness and the joy because you let little hurt feelings and little circumstances and you let little deals and you let little thoughts and you let little bitternesses just cut away at the life-giving roots of your soul and of your spirit. So we stand together today. I wonder if I could just appeal to you this afternoon without a long appeal <clears throat> because you have been very patient and I thank you. Could I appeal to you today in the spiritual realm? Whatever comes your way, whatever thing God sends to you, and it arrives at the meristem line of your spiritual experience, would you let God develop you? Would you let him give you a good root system? Would you let him enable you to bear fruit? And to become stronger don't go around offended all the time that that trims the feeder roots off when you're offended over the choir and 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 the Sunday school class and the sermon and the special singers and and you get your feelings hurt because somebody wore a dress like you've got or they got shoes like you got or they bought a car like you like or somebody got a better house and and you should have had a better house and their kids got a scholarship and your kids are smarter than their kids and if you don't watch it and listen to this preacher I'm just telling you I'm just telling you there are 10,000 idiosyncrasies there are 10,000 little eating segments that can come against your life amen you can let let your background and no offense, you can let your color, you can let your education, you can let anything become a detriment to your growth and to your survival and to your success. Praise God. I'm pleading with you today. I'm pleading with me today. Listen to me carefully. It doesn't matter what happens in life. It doesn't matter what comes to us and what knocks on our door. It's how you respond that's going to make the difference. Amen. It's how you handle it in your life. And I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you that you're not going to get hurt. I'm not telling you that you're not going to cry. I'm not telling you that you're going to feel at the bottom of the barrel. But I'm just simply telling you, when those days come, don't get bitter. Don't, don't stay away from church. Brother, I'm telling you, take right, your lunch right. hour and stop by Calvary Apostolic Church and say, I'm going to spend my hour in prayer today. God, I've got to have something to keep me from being blown away. I'm about to be toppled over in a storm, and I need some roots to go deep in the things of God that I can survive. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you today. I could preach on and preach on and preach on. But, but you've got the message. You know what I'm talking about. And I dare say that for all of us, somewhere, somewhere there is something that we could reach in the recesses of our memory and say, God, I remember that incident. I'm glad I didn't let it destroy me. I'm, I'm appealing to you today. I don't know what the future holds for you. I don't know what good things coming down the road or what bad things. But I'm just telling you, you can be saved in any generation. You can be saved in any dark hour. Praise God. I wonder today as Brother Spell sings or him and Brother Carter, whatever he desires. I wonder, and I don't want to usurp any undue authority today. I wonder if it would be all right if we'd just come and stand around the front and say, God, touch that portion of my life. And whatever I need, would you let it I want to be a man. wonder would you just come and after say, Lord. After God's own heart. I don't know what's coming. But take it and make something I good out of it. To be take it and help me to be saved with after it. God's Don't let me be lost. Heart. Don't let me choose the wrong road. I might stumble. My, my. I might I'm not fall. criticizing you today. I'm not slapping at you. I get back up. I'm just trying to help you. The just trying to talk to you. Just trying to get down inside of be your heart. Man oh, it can be very God. subtle. It can be almost so silly that you don't want to talk about it, but it's giving you a hard to be time. Man Come on, just God's talk to the Lord. Come on, let's let the Holy Ghost touch us today. I want to be let man. Let God deal with us in a special measure. Hallelujah, heart. hallelujah. Oh God, oh God, I might oh God. Stumble, I might fall. Back up to heed the call. Be a man after God's own.